there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. And I, of course, am Mr. Warren Hayes, and welcome here this evening. I said it twice already, but it really matters to say welcome because we're talking here live on April 2nd. 2020. It's important to say thank you to to you listening, taking the time out of your day to listen to my wrestling ramblings because I I think you know in the circumstances there's so much stuff going on. I really appreciate that you decided to let me in to quote unquote another wrestler to let me in and uh and 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 talk about this nonsense world of wrestling that we really really like so there we go i i I really i really appreciate it and i thank you all for tuning in for joining me here this evening on the mr warren hayes show this evening joining me what are you talking about warren wow i record the mr warren hayes show live every thursday night at 9 p.m eastern time so when i'm talking about we by now you guys most of you know the drill there's a whole bunch of people who join us here live this evening who join us live every Thursday and who are here this evening, such as Tim Traver, who is here. Throwback 27, how you doing? Robert Larry is here as well. Uh, We've got Thomas Gorys as well. DGMC's in the house. Uh, JS Brown is here. How you doing? Carlos, how are you, sir? Patrick Mason here as well. Rob Wilkins, uh going down the list here look at that look at all these great pieces but john baez what what is it we have to have a global pandemic to bring john back into the fold good to see you john shane haas as well it's all homie week and ben ben is here as well how's everybody doing thank you all for being here want to shout out also to tim farley who popped in a little earlier on and said he he can't be here. He has to miss um, he has to miss this one because he's at work. And I want to shout out to everyone who is working right now throughout the uh, the whole pandemic. Whether your your job is considered essential or not, whether uh, whether you're in a good position, maybe working at home, or even especially if you're out uh, working in the public in one of the essential in essential services in in grocery stores, in pharmacies, gas stations. My hats off go off to you. My hats off. My hats go off. I tip my hat. Jesus fucking Christ. I tip my hat to you all. Uh, I much respect for everything you do. And I know JS Brown, we were talking a little earlier uh, on Twitter. Uh, he has uh, he has the night off. Not quite sure how his job is going to go moving forward. If you're not working right now, uh, I, a, a, a substantial uh, I, 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 a substantial shout out to you as well. Um, yeah, you're in my thoughts. I hope everything settles up well for you. If only for an hour or so here this evening, hope I can get your mind off of things. Hope I can add a little something. If you're working right now, whenever you decide to listen to this, because you can listen to this or watch this later on demand, whenever you like on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, you can do that. Not a problem. And if you are, why don't you give the video a thumbs up? That helps out a lot. And maybe you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application because the Mr. Warren Hayes show is available on all podcast platforms, or at least a good number of them. Well, I hope that you're enjoying it uh, as well. And this officially, by the way, will be the first 
episode of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show to be aired on the Smart to Death radio network. My boy Anthony, he decided to bring some of the greatest podcasting minds together. Let's let's just call it for what it is. Bring us all together and create a network of shows. So there's obviously going to be Smart to Death. There's going to be me. There's going to be the No Particular Angle podcast. There's going to be, uh, 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 or there is, I should say, because they're all already on, uh, Queen's Court from Queen of uh, NE. And then there's Mags who does Badlands. It is Why We Watch. Is, he has like a ton of podcasts. We're all going to be out there. My episodes are going to appear on the Smart to Death Radio Network on Fridays. So maybe you're listening to this for the first time on Smart to Death Radio, and hello, I, I, my pleasure. Hi, welcome to the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. Hope you're not scared away just yet. Uh, and and if you are listening to this on the Smart to Death Radio, hey, maybe sometime come and check it out. Check us out live. We have a fantastic chat room full of really, really uh, cool, chill people that enjoy to talk about wrestling very respectfully, creatively, uh, smilingly. Or whatever. I don't know. I don't even know if that's a word. But hey, hey, thank you. Uh, thank you if you're listening. Thank you. Thank you for your support on that level. You can also support the Mr. Warren Hayes Show by leaving a super chat. If you do uh, want, and I will read your question, statement, comment, mood, emotions online right here, as long as it's not offensive. A good example of a non-offensive super chat was left by our pal Rob Wilkins. How you doing, Rob? I'm here to donate a few bucks to Super Chat and chew bubblegum, and I am all out of bubblegum. Well, there you go. You get a, a good old classic line in there as well. Thank you very much for that. Rob, you can also show support to the Mr. Warren Hay Show by joining our, my Patreon. My Patreon is going to be li live. Not It's always live, but it's going to be free for the entire month of April. So if you haven't had a chance to take a look at the Mr. Warren Hayes Show, uh, the Patreon, you can go check it out. The content is all going to be free for the entire month of April. Just come in. Sign up, go up right up for the $5 tier, the Power Pal uh, tier. That's where all the extra content is. Check it out. Stretch your legs. Enjoy it. Uh, you've got the whole month. And I'm going to be doing a post stream immediately after this one, of course. That's one of the perks for the uh, $5 tier members over on Patreon. Call Warren is off the clock. Much more chill stream. We talk a lot with the chat. It's a lot, uh, extremely interactive, a lot of fun. And today I'm going to be talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kylie, excuse me, Kylie Ray. So come and join me and we'll talk more wrestling there. I also have a t-shirt shop if you want to go check that out. That's at tinyurl.com slash Warren Shop. And I'm going to be doing a lot of Fightful stuff over the weekend. I'm going to be, of course, over on uh, Fightful for, for the post-Smackdown show tomorrow on Friday. And I will be on both WrestleMania post shows on Saturday and Sunday with Sean and Alex Pulowski. So... Hopefully you guys will be able to tune in there. Uh, look at that. We've got uh, we've got Aaron J's fan who's here as well. We've got the world's most handsome mod. Blaine Mendoza is here as well. Ha Scott Frame. Hawkeye is here as well. Look at that. We got my God, we have a great packed house. I'm so happy to see everyone. Wednesday Wrestling Wars. Look at that. Who's here tonight? One of our uh, a a champion trivia person. It's a fan. That was a that was an outstanding performance a couple of weeks ago. We're not doing trivia tonight though. We're gonna take a little break, but you know you got to keep it special, right? You got to keep it. Uh, you got to keep it uh, a little, uh, a little something something about it. Hmm? Hmm? Yeah. Boy, have I been talking a lot without really talking about anything. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go right ahead and talk about the weekly wrestling inspection. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, first and foremost, we are going to we are going to immediately get into some uh, we're going to we're going to immediately jump into some uh, hot trash. Uh yeah, uh, quite unfortunately, that's how we're starting off this week. No, not hot trash. Let me st- let me let me uh, adjust that. We are going to start with some warm soda. How about that? Some warm soda to kick things off. We're going to be talking about, about the the opening promo that they had over on SmackDown on Friday, the Bailey, Sasha, Lacey, Naomi, Tamina stuff that uh, that occurred. Uh, it, it, first of all, I don't like this kind of structure for a promo, right? Where everyone comes out and talks each their turn, you know, and then it, it, it was a very, very, it was an extremely bland promo. It was so incredibly bland. There was nothing of interest and it just highlighted just how out there everything was in regards to in regards to the wrestling program called WWE Raw, you know, uh, SmackDown. It just highlighted just how everyone was out of place here and how really and I talked about this at length last week, so I'm not going to go out and rant about it again. But there is something to be said about uh, about seeing Becky, not Becky, excuse me, Bailey and Sasha in the middle of the ring. And you're like, these are the two people that we need to see fighting. And then having all these others gravitate around them. I'm like, my God, it was it, the whole th- the whole thing just takes just becomes even more nonsensical when you see all the women in the ring. And it's not because. I don't like the other women. It's because we had a match. It, we had the match that we wanted there. So they, of course, they had to do something to hype it. I think they used Tamina as well as they could, having her come in and say virtually nothing and then super kicking the hell out of everyone and was headbutting. But man, and I talked about this on Friday. Tamina, excuse me, Tamina showing up in the women's now it's a fatal five-way match coming out of nowhere after not wrestling for months and not even knowing why she's getting a title shot it's exactly like to me it kind of reminds it's like when Gary Cherone took over lead vocals for Van Halen and when Josh Myers came in to uh came in uh on that 70s show to to replace uh uh Topher it's just you're dropping someone out of nowhere for no good reason. My God. Anyway, it, it wasn't bad because it wrapped up really well, but it wasn't good. And there's the whole... Anyway, look, they, they did their best. Holy smokes. Throwback. Uh, wh- <laughs> Thank you very much. Throwback just dropped a very, very generous super chat. Thank you, Throwback. He says, with Mania this weekend, what storylines are you looking forward to? What do you think SummerSlam, do you think SummerSlam will be great still? Uh, What do you think WWE should do if they run out of content from the tapings? Working tomorrow and we've been, working tomorrow, we've been slow as hell. Yeah, I bet, I, I, I bet work situations are probably very slow, especially now that more and more states and provinces are shutting everything down. Thank you very much, throwback. Um... Okay, let's go through your questions. Mania Weekend, what storylines am I most looking... Look, without a question, without a shadow of a doubt, Otis versus Dolph is what I am most looking forward to this weekend. 
that is uh, that is absolutely the match I'm most looking forward to because it's the it's the one story that's been properly built going into WrestleMania. They've been running this since the start of the year, right? Or at least since no, just before the holidays, right? Yeah, yeah, because there was the gifts and everything. They've been running this storyline since December, and they've maintained it. It's been interesting and fun, relatable, cool. I love the twist they did two weeks ago with Otis beating the tar out of everyone. It was a good one. It was a good one. So that's really the one I am uh, most looking forward to. Uh, I think Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan is a sleeper. Uh, the fact that AJ Styles is excited about the um, the graveyard, uh, no, the boneyard match, uh, which he said on his stream on on Mixer, he said that he was very excited about it. Makes me excited for it. I'm I'm crossing my fingers that we're getting some sort of wild, uh, wild kind of uh, lucha underground esque stuff. So, uh, touch wood, touch wood. Uh, do you think SummerSlam, SummerSlam will be great still? Sure. I wouldn't see why not. Uh, you know, in the context of what we're doing here, yeah, of what's going on here in the world, sure. SummerSlams have always been hit and misses like most WWE pay-per-views have been. I, You know, if memory serves me right, SummerSlam last year wasn't all that great. Uh, but um, I, I, like all I really remember off the top of my head is Becky versus Natalia, which I thought was a good match. Um... But yeah, I mean, there's no reason. And I mean, if that's their first big live event post-coronavirus, considering that everything is back in order, I think WWE is going to give it a little extra oomph. Uh, I think, what should WWE do if they uh, if they run out of content from tapings? Look, it's really, really simple, and it's not my idea. I've heard a couple of people pass this one around, and I think this is the best, best idea that WWE could do moving forward here. What they should do is have... Former stars call their matches, call classic matches on the network. They should have Stone Cold and The Rock call their WrestleMania, one of their WrestleMania matches together. Batista and Triple H, uh, 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 Kurt Angle and Randy Orton. They should. Ha- that's what they should do. They should have. They should have wrestlers who have a past, who have pat great matches from the past, sit down and call their matches. That would be awesome. And everyone can do it from home with a with a Skype set up and, uh, and everyone can, uh, no one gets infected. Everyone stays safe. And, uh, and, and yeah, there you go. There you go. That's what I think they should do. And it's easy content. Uh, it's, it'll be interesting content on top of that. There's a way for you to put on old, Matches, old pay-per-views, old Raws, whatever you want. I, yeah, as DGMC in the chat says, I'm just going to point it out because it's really a good one. You have Brett and Sean sit down and call the screw job. Can you imagine? Ah, there's too many opportunities, too many possibilities here to, to, to do fantastic, fantastic stuff. Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy and Sting. Oh, well, they can't because it's a TNA match. Ah, oh, shit. All right. The night that uh, Jeff was in no condition to uh, to wrestle, just walk us through it. Anyway, thank you again very much for the extremely generous super chat um, uh, throwback. I'm I'm humbled. I appreciate it. Uh, okay, so back to back to the 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 labeling, the hot trashes and stuff. Hey, let let's give some hot trash. You know what I'm gonna give some hot trash to? I'm gonna give some hot trash 
to Shinsuke Nakamura versus Drew Gulak from SmackDown last week. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm, I'm going to tell you, tell you why. And it's not because I dislike Shinsuke Nakamura. And it is definitely not because I dislike Drew Gulak. You guys know how much of a Drew Gulak fan I am. That's the problem, is that I was looking forward to this match. This was a match that WWE had hyped the Friday before, plus gave it WrestleMania stakes. If Drew wins this match, Daniel Bryan gets a title shot, an IC title shot against Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. I'm excited for this. Like Drew Gulak, he's hungry, he he, he has some TV time, he can wrestle, he's good. You put him with Shinsuke, maybe that'll light a fire under Shinsuke and we'll have a really good back and forth match, some match stuff, some submissions. No, that's not what we got. We got five minutes of absolute nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And this should have gone on for longer. They should have put a commercial break within it because it had stakes, because it was hype. It was hype the week before. WWE doesn't do planning. It doesn't plan ahead of time. And when they do, this is what they do. They they decide to not give us the match that, uh, that we were expecting that was advertised. Why give it stakes in the first place if you're just going to have it last five minutes? This was severely, severely disappointing. Glad that Daniel Bryan's getting the match at at um, at uh, uh, WrestleMania. I don't think there was any doubt in that. Let and we're being perfectly honest with each other. Am I right? Am I right? But holy cow, folks. Holy cow. That's just, that's unprecedented junk. Unprecedented junk. All right, so uh, 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 let's see over here. Let's move on to Cool Beans then. Um, uh, Yeah, Cool Beans here. Uh, Listen, the promos. The promos that WWE has been giving us over the past few weeks have been outstanding. Look, if anything is to be learned from the Performance Center era, let's call it that now, from w, in WWE, um, it is how to deliver meaningful, captivating promos. Sure. They're still scripted, most likely, but they feel real. They feel compelling. They're speaking to us. Everyone who has been cutting promos, let's say 90% of the promos that are being cut, have all been extraordinary. Randy Orton, Edge, AJ Styles, Undertaker, Kevin Owens cut another killer promo on Raw this week. Seth Rollins had a great one two weeks ago. Everyone has been bringing their goddamn A-game. It has been remarkable how great they are. Uh, so, so yeah. I mean, yes, this is absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic work that they've been doing. I can only hope that whatever, whatever, the, whatever formula they've developed for these promos here, that they continue to carry over. Because I've said it before on this show, and I'll say it again: Should WWE uh, uh, successfully nail the promo, right? 
should WWE successfully nail the promos in their shows, I don't think there'd be much, they'll be unstoppable if they can start delivering promos, extraordinary mic work week after week. That's still my take. Uh, let's keep the cool beans going. We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Street Profits uh, and uh, Kevin Owens versus uh, Seth Rollins and Angel Garza and Austin Theory showing up on uh, showing up on Raw. Um, I I thought this was a really fun match. I thought it was really good, uh, and I thought everyone worked their part. You know what I like about the the Performance Center era <laughs> is that, and even in AEW. The, the the wrestlers that are there that are heckling to a certain extent that are calling stuff out they're they're part of the show they're making the show more interesting they know they know that the audience isn't there they know people aren't there but still people uh, but still they're trying to make something out of it so when you have Kevin Owens who's in the ring telling Montez Ford saying uh and I think it was about Seth Rollins he's just shouting out from the corner to Montez saying Hey, he's going to try to kick you. I can tell by his stance. It's fantastic stuff. It's it's amazingly meta, but I loved it. Uh, I thought they had a great opening sequence. Dawkins taking out Theory and Garza until he eats a Seth Rollins super kick was great timing. And of course, of course, there's Montez Ford's bump where he fell flat on his back doing a, uh, doing a, uh, a top rope senton, uh, swan, um, uh, <laughs> a, a topi con hilo. Jeez, thank you, Warren. Um, that was that was remarkably disturbing. But we sort of found out what the issue was here. It was uh, Montez bounced off the ropes and was supposed to be tripped. Apparently, Seth Rollins missed his mark. He was a little late, so Montez. The pro that he is runs into the ropes and says, well, to hell with it. And he dives. Uh, but Austin Theory was the recipient on the, uh, or at least was the intended recipient on the other side. From what we're told, he tried to get into position. Like he wasn't expecting it, but he saw him coming and he tried to get in, in, into position and couldn't make it. And that's why Montez landed like that. So, ooh, apparently he's okay though. Good old Montez made of rubber, I guess. It's good for him. That makes me happy. I don't want anyone to get injured. Next, let's... Hey, hey, let's talk about tournament wrestling on AEW Dynamites. Ooh, I'm a sucker for tournament wrestling. I am so pumped for this. Mid-card title, which is, going, which is named the TNT title. Chat, talk about it. The, uh, talk about it. Uh, what do you think about the, that name, the TNT title? I mean, they couldn't call it Intercontinental. They couldn't call it the TV title. I understand the idea of not wanting to regionalize it. That's fine. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not for or against it. I. It's an idea. This is the kind of this is the kind of a wait and see approach. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, I'm curious to know what you guys think. But nonetheless, regardless of what the title is named. I'm very excited that they're doing a uh, that they're doing a tournament, uh, especially in these trying times. It'll give us something to talk about, something to speculate about. It's good stuff. I am excited for it. You've probably all seen the brackets for, uh, right now. 
uh, on the uh, in the um, the uh, the first four brackets, you have Sean Spears versus Cody. Uh, then you have Sammy Guevara versus uh, Darby Allen. And then on the other side, you have uh, Kip Sabian versus Dustin Rhodes and Lance Archer versus poor, poor Colt Cabana. Not boom, boom, poor, poor Colt Cabana because he is going to be devoured. Uh, so uh, so basically the winner of Spears and Cody versus uh, is is, uh, is going to fight the winner of Guevara versus Allen and the winner of Sabian and Rhodes will take on Lance Archer. <laughs> Let's we're, let's be honest here. Um, I dig this, but there's not really much room for surprises here. There's no room for surprise, really. We know who's moving forward here. It was clearly telegraphed on uh, Dynamite last night. First of all, if you haven't been following, of course it's going to be Cody and Lance Archer in the finals. That, I think, is uh, is a, is completely completely logical that's the feud they've been setting up jake roberts saying i want you to fight him lance wants to fight you cody cody says hey bro you have to earn it well here you go this is how he's going to earn it he's going to make his way through the tournament and then meet cody who will have earned his spot as well so everything is sort of meshing together that's cool stuff um and then we get to uh and then we get to uh to the point where uh, you have uh, also what happened last night on Dynamite as well at the end where you had Darby Allen sucker punching. Well, not sucker punching, but uh, punching Cody Rhodes after the match started to create a little tension, a little extra oomph for their semifinal match. There's no way with the way they're building Lance Archer that they're going to have him lose in the first round, even in the second round. I clearly see uh, Alex Pulaski made me laugh out loud last night when we were doing the, the podcast on Fightful. T- saying that this is blood sports. This is the Jean-Claude Van Damme blood sports movie where he's going to avenge his brother because Dustin Rhodes is going to get his ass whooped for, by Lance Archer and Cody is going to have extra incentive to beat the tar out of him. So we're clearly getting Cody versus Lance Archer in the end. However, however, I have two thoughts on this. I have I'm very I'm very torn as to who should win. My first thought and I'm pretty sure anyone anyone who's been thinking this way as well to say well inevitably Cody and Lance Archer end up at the end. You cannot not have Lance Archer win the title, right? With the way that they've been booking him, the way they want him to be perceived as a monster, as a guy who just tears through opposition, it has to be him, right? it makes sense and would make sense to make things go forward in regards to uh in regards to uh, uh um uh the storyline uh with um with Jake Roberts as well that Jake just wants to take everything away from Cody it take away this title opportunity another title that Cody won't be able to to hold right but then on the other side, my other idea, the other idea on the here is that you, you should have Cody Rhodes win the title, right? Because he's one, arguably one of the top three guys in the company. Nothing says give your belt a shot of prestige from the get-go by having one of your top guys hold it. And that just elevates the title instantly. It will elevate the title in the eyes of the fans. 
it will make the title something special for everyone underneath who will challenge for it because you do want it to be a mid-card title, right? You don't want it to, you don't want another WWE Championship, Universal Championship situation, but you do want it to mean something. To me, it didn't make sense to put it on Cody as well. So I'm torn as to what should happen, but I think we're going to, we're in for a fun tournament. There's no way Guevara versus Allen is going to stink. Uh, uh, Cody and Allen should be great as well. Uh, I'm really interested in, t- in Kid- Kip Sabian versus Dustin Rhodes. Dustin's been pulling out some fantastic matches. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how things are going to go here. Very, very, very much looking forward to it. I love me some tournament wrestling. I want to say hello to JPQ of the No Particular Angle podcast and Jamie Small as well. How you folks doing? We're going to keep the Cool Beans train going and we're going to talk about Kenny Omega versus Trent, which opened AEW Dynamite last night. Uh, match of the week. I loved it. I thought it was... It, it surprised me. It surprised me at how physical it got. It was nice and violent and strong. Trent did the did the um, the springboard moonsault to the floor. And I really love... See, this is what I like about the... I empty arena stuff when Kenny Omega was doing the rise of the Terminator. And so started running and you had all three of the best friends out on the floor to take the bump essentially to catch Kenny. And you heard the hecklers in the audience going move out of the way. That was fantastic. Fantastic stuff. And Trent then started to play dirty working on uh, Kenny Omega's broken, uh, broken wrist uh, but then Kenny Omega flipped it around. He was like, oh yeah, you want to do this? I'm going to play dirty as well. Started, They started brawling on the floor. Kenny hits a German on the floor. Um, he even buckle-bombed Trent into a post. Omega hit a leg, uh, leg hook neck breaker as well. Trent with the half and half and a good old-fashioned pile driver. A, not, a, a, not a a tombstone. A good old-fashioned pile driver by Trent. I dug this match a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. You'll probably hear about it in May when I start talking about my favorite matches in April. Hell, I I hope we get more matches. Not that the matches stink right now, but I, I really hope we get more and more matches. Next, let's talk about the Brody Lee stuff. I don't remember if I talked about... Yeah, I, I did talk about the Brody Lee stuff last week with the hints to Vince McMahon, right? Well, hell, to, <laughs> he's leaning into it, ain't he? And I'm okay with that. I mean, it's like I talked about on the uh, on the the podcast last night. You know when when authors are Ooh, asked, you know, yeah. what what do you what do you uh, um, what do you write about? And authors, most of the time, 100% of the time, will say, uh, I write about what I know, and that's pretty much true. That is the truth. Um, and this is what Brody Lee is doing. He's Developing a character based on what he knows. He wants to play a megalomaniac, uh, deluded, angry uh, uh, boss type character. Hey, hey, if this is what his interactions with Vince McMahon brought to him, I'm fine with it. And we're smarks. (laughs) We're smart fans. We understand the references. 
but there's a whole bunch of audience out there who don't necessarily get it and they just see him as a crazy cuckoo guy. That's fine. It, you know, we don't have to we don't have to harp on this too much because you know what? It's working and he's making it his own. And what I really think is interesting here and what I kind of hope the end game for the Brody Lee thing uh, is uh, where, where it's heading anyway, is I hope he gets to, uh, I, I think what he's trying to do is, um, I think what he's trying to do is uh, 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 break apart the Dark Order, or at least reduce the numbers, right? Uh, I think that's what he's trying to do because he's asking a guy to say his line. He says, no, get out of here. Another guy's yawning. No, get out of here. Then during the match, he goes and beats down one of the losers from the, the putties who went in and, and fought for the Dark Order. He wins, goes and beats them up. I think he's done with the strength and numbers thing. He wants quality. Because he, he kind of did that with the... He's been thinning the herd. I think that's what the plan is here. I'm looking forward to it. I hope he does it. Good stuff. Uh, we are going to move on to some warm soda here. Uh, and... Uh, just really quickly, I just want to touch on it real fast. Sheeta's match last night, um, I wouldn't call it a good match. Wouldn't call it bad either. Uh, but I have to. I had two problems with it. I don't think Anna Jay was ready for TV, and that's fine. She was called up uh, for as a, as an enhancement talent, essentially, just to uh, help put Sheeta over. She her offense looked a little soft. She whiffed a couple of things, but that's you know you can chalk that up to nerves. Uh, you know, it's a different environment. There's no one screaming or yelling, you know, especially if you're an indie wrestler and you're coming up from that. There's a lot of stuff that you, uh, there's a lot of stuff that you, uh, that you can't necessarily pick up in an empty audience. You need a little experience. So I get it. You know, I, I, I understand what she was, uh, that uh, she might've been a little nervous, but, uh, who boy, who boy, thank goodness Sheeta was there to pick it up. But guys, I got to tell you, I still don't understand I don't understand why Sheeta isn't running through uh, one-shot opposition. I don't know why they keep putting her in competitive matches all the time. There was there's a lot of spots that didn't necessarily have to be there. I'm not asking for a 30-second squash. I'm not even asking for a two-minute squash. But Sheeta should showcase herself much more than the other person. It's not a live tryout that we want to see here. We want to for a new talent. We want to see Sheeta establish herself as the number one contender. For the women's title. She has to fight Nyla Rose for it. Nyla Rose. If she cannot plow through um, a local talent, what chance does she have against the champion, the beast, Nyla Rose? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Throwback with another super chat. Thank you, throwback. The triple threat on NXT was amazing. Do you think? And it was. I, I, I caught uh, glimpses of it. Uh, I'll be able to watch it properly tomorrow when it airs here in Canada. Do you think Killer Cross would be the perfect opponent for Keith Lee? Yes. Yes, I do. However, I think they're establishing him for probably Ciampa at some point, which he is also a perfect uh, opponent with. I don't know exactly what they do with Keith Lee, other than maybe move into a program with a big guy, little guy thing, maybe having him fight Kushida. I think there's a lot of potential to come out of that. I think there's a lot of potential to have him fight Jackson Riker. I'm kidding. Don't don't have him fight Jackson Riker. <laughs> Please don't. And um, 
There we go. Uh, we're again, we're going to talk, uh, not again, but, uh, we're going, we're going to go back to some cool beans is what I'm trying to say here. We're going to talk about, uh, Lance Archer's debut on live television, or at least in a ring on an AEW ring. I mean, he couldn't have had a better debut. It couldn't have been better booked putting Marco stunt in there. Recently lost his grandmother. What a, what a champ, right? Uh, I mean, this is, Good on him. He, uh, Lance, uh, I mean, this is what they, you had to do. You put your extreme beloved baby face against the new monster heel and you let the monster heel just ragdoll him. Just do whatever you want with him. My God, he looks strong and dominant, dominant, excuse me, that flipping blackout is flipping amazing. Um, of course, he's not going to be able to do that on Jake Hager, probably, but that's not the point. The point is that he did it against Marco Stunt and it looked badass. Everything he did looked badass because Marco Stunt sold his ass off. And at the end of the match, Stunt being thrown over from the apron, over the barricade and into the, uh, into the staff that was on. Oh my God, what a crazy, crazy bum. And I'm going to underscore this. And I, I want to underscore something else before I underscore something else. I'm going to start by underscoring this. Marco, Marco Stunt is, is an acquired taste. I can get behind that. I can understand why some people don't like him. But people, but people who go after Stunt saying he's not credible in the ring. He's too small. He should take a beating. Look at how they've been using Marco Stunt. Look at how they used him last night. Look at how they've been using him all the time. All the time. He he tries to get some offense in. He gets some in, but he always eats the pin. He's He loses. He knows what his job is there for. And he knows what he's there for. And he does it perfectly. He, they're not trying to shove Marco Stunt down our throats as a legend killer, as a guy who is going to be a future world champion. It's Marco Stunt, Mr. Fun Size, relatable guy, living out his dream, little dude being a pro wrestler. That's why we like him. That's why it's working. And they're putting him in matches like this where he just gets destroyed because that's what he's supposed to do. So everyone should chill out in regards to Marco Stunt. They really should. And I'm going to chill out here as well because we're done with the weekly wrestling inspection. Oh, there we go. No, no, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. Hey, 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 live show. Everyone. Hey, how you doing? Hey, guys, hey, gals, if you're enjoying this so far, why don't you give the video a thumbs up right here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. If you're digging it, that's cool. You can also drop a super chat. That's also cool. And remember that after the show, I'll be heading over onto patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes for the post show. We'll be talking about Kaylee, Kylie Ray, not Kaylee Ray, Kylie Ray. I always, I always have trouble for some reason, but yes, Kylie Ray and Stone Cold Steve Austin are going to be some of the subjects. Come on over. Month of April is free on the Mr. Warren Hayes Patreon. And uh, so you can come on over, subscribe, jump in on the five, uh, $5 tier, the Power Pal tier, if you want to join in the uh, the goodness 
um, if you want to join into the goodness. So there we go. All right. All right. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about, oh, I'm going to get rid of the cool beans here. Hope everyone's having a good time. Hope everyone's enjoying their evening. I definitely enjoy having you guys around. It helps with the self-isolation. It's not easy. Kristen Ashley and I, we spend a lot of time talking with each other. We do, you know, we do our best. But, you know, it's always good. Always good to have some contact out there. All right. First of the month. It's the first um, uh, Mr. Warren Hayes show of the month. So we're going to go back in time now. And we are going to talk about my favorite matches for the month of uh, March 2020, which wasn't oh thank you patrick uh not always well i mean it wasn't that great a month because goddamn look at what's happening in the world but we still managed to get some really class and quality matches and uh i'm gonna throw out a few here matches that i really really like my favorites uh and chat of course you're more than invited to jump in along and drop your own uh, your own thoughts and matches here let's go right into it i'm gonna start by uh, the John Moxley and Darby Allen versus Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara tag team match from the uh, March 4th edition of AEW Dynamite. This was the match. I don't know if you remember because sometimes we have a ten, it's been a month and we, have, we sometimes forget what happens in a month. But this was the match where uh, Chris Jericho came out to challenge Mox and saying, look, if you leave, if you leave this arena tonight, with um um uh, if you if you leave this arena tonight standing up i will uh i will suspend myself from in ring action for 60 days and all the smart fans were like oh cuz he's going on tour with Fozzie. we've seen this before but now he was playing us it was playing everyone i thought that was brilliant the meta of it was great but the match the match was so good cuz mox gets taken out by the inner circle right he takes a beating uh outside of uh, uh like in the concourse of the uh, of the arena and Darby fights alone for most of the match but he he's resilient he takes everything he hits a lion salt on Jericho the pop that Darby Allen got when he started open hand slapping Jericho this kid is a and we're redundant at this point and you guys can tell me in the chat Warren you're a broken record Warren but he's a bloody star. He is a star. People are into him. He is over like crazy. The, his suicide dive, of course, every time was nuts. Um, and he got his own hot tag during this match as well. Do you remember that? Where he was in the corner reaching over for Mox. He wasn't there. He was like, and he taps himself on the back and then gets into his own hot tag. He does a coffin drop to the outside onto the entire inner, cir inner circle. His over-the-top stunner. He coffin drops Sammy, but uh, but he eats he eats a Judas effect right on the side of the chin uh, as he's doing a suicide dive. Remember that? Jericho just, boom! I thought he was dead. Anyway, so, and the, uh, and the match, the match ends, Mox comes back in, right? And then he gets attacked by the inner circle and gets shield bombed off the uh, off the stage through a table. This was a great match. The action was fantastic. Sammy Guevara was 
impeccable in this. He and Chris Jericho had such chemistry. I think they really do enjoy each other's presence a great deal because they're just magical together. They they have great chemistry. Fantastic match. Absolutely fantastic match. If you haven't seen it, it is worth your while to go check it out. And watch the opening angle and then the, 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 the final match. It was good stuff. Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak at the Elimination Chamber on March 8th. Ooh. Ooh. That was that was what I needed. Yeah. Oh. That to me, that's the that's the uh that's the equivalent of to me, that's the equivalent of uh of a cigarette after a uh after a, a some sexual intercourse. That whole mat. It was a match for wrestling nerds. Let's be honest. It was fantastic. They they uh, they focused on their mad game and submission at start. It paced so perfectly. There was some great one-upsmanship because without driving it, driving the nail home, like really, really hammering it home, Daniel Bryan came into this match a little unprepared. Or one could also argue Drew Gulak came in perfectly prepared. And Daniel Bryan wasn't ready for how prepared Drew Gulak was going to be because there was a lot of very subtle one-upsmanship, you know, like Drew Gulak using the surfboards that Daniel Bryan uses so much. Um, the pace was, was steadied, got really quick, uh, and you and what was fantastic was that the audience was into it. This was a this was a a wrestling match. It wasn't a a goofy fight. It was a, a it was a wrestling match. That's what this was. Um, I thought this was absolutely fascinating, absolutely fascinating. A great match, best match on the card. Could make an argument for AJ Styles versus Aleister Black, but which was also great. But this one, this was special. I really, really liked this match. Um. Next, we had uh, the, the next match that I really like this month. We're going back to AEW Dynamite, March 11, Jurassic Express versus MJF and the Butcher and the Blade. That This was a fun, fun match. You know what I put out there? This is a fun match, you guys. There's a t-shirt, by the way, tinyurl.com slash shop. You know when I do that? This was a fun match. You guys, you guys in bold letters. This was so, so good. Um, Jurassic Express are over like crazy. What a fantastic trio they had here. And MJF did such a good job getting all the heat at first. You know, with stun getting tossed around by MJF. Then you had that standoff between all six guys in the middle of the ring. And the crowd was popping huge for it. It had so much heat. The crowd made this match feel more important than it needed to be. Because there was nothing to this match. It was just so good. Um, the assisted sharpshooter that uh, that MJF locked on at some point with Butch and the Blade holding on to the arms was great. And then you had, uh, um, um, uh, her name is on the tip of my tongue. Oh my goodness, the referee. Help me out, chat. AEW referee. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm forgetting her name. What is that? 
Uh, all right, I'm, I'm deflating. I just had a complete mind wipe. But she kicked the MJ, MJF's arm away. I mean, it, it was good. Also, old, good old school stuff here. Um, the uh, the uh, Aubrey Edwards. Thank you, Patrick. Jesus, Aubrey Edwards. Why did I, I? Don't know why I forgot about Aubrey. That's ridiculous. I apologize. Um, it was all really good. Marco was really pumped up, and he got super aggressive at some point. He was like, "No, nah, I'm not. I'm done taking shit from everyone in this match. I'm done." And he was super pumped. He even shoved jungle boy at some point because he was marco was stomping on uh njf in the corner and jungle boy came to take him off and he's like no man and he shoved jungle boy and he started directing traffic but marco tapped to the salt of the earth because that's what marco does that's that's his job what a good solid match this was um uh butcher was amazing as well uh, everything connected this was a fun match your quintessential fun match, you guys. That was it right there. And uh, my last favorite match of the month of March 2020 was uh, B. Priestley versus Will Ospreay. The No Fans Monday match on March 16, 2020 that aired on YouTube. With uh, was Wrestle Talk was behind it. Man, this match was... All kinds of awesome. Now, in real life, in case you didn't know, B. Priestley and Will Ospreay are 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 dating. They're real life boyfriend and girlfriend. And if you looked at this match, you would have never guessed. You would have actually thought they actually hated each other's guts. This was so violent and strong style. My God. Of course, these are two people who are well versed in japanese style wrestling so they weren't aware they weren't afraid to dish it out nor were they afraid to be on the receiving end it was physical and brutal and here's the thing this was this was an an under um uh, an underdog match b priestley the match was booked for b priestley to work from underneath because Will Ospreay, despite the fact that he's he's no 300-pound guy, but he was still quite bigger. I think he he tops over 220 now. <laughs> Apparently, he's classified as obese. Have you seen this? It's ridiculous. Go check it out on Twitter. It's absolutely ludicrous. But um so so we had we we had we so we had B Priestley here working from underneath. And I gotta tell you, this was this was spectacular stuff. Hard hitting brilliant brilliant stuff and as credible as you can get when you come to and when you get into an intergender match because there is a certain level of suspension of disbelief that you have to bring into uh, that type of match Ooh, it was so good and here's the thing b Priestley, she hasn't been wrestling as long as will osprey has and she got a lot of she got a lot of flack when she started for being not good because she was put into very high profile positions because her character work is so strong. She knows how to work an audience. But a lot of people said, "Oh, she's not good. She's, she's not deserving to be anywhere near a title or whatnot." Kind of was the feeling when she became when she won the big red belt over in Stardom. But you look at this. That girl has come 
so far, so fast. And let us not forget that she is under contract with AEW. Why aren't you letting this woman run roughshod over your division, AEW? It's crazy. If you want to give a match that people will stand up and cheer for, you put her and Sheeta in a proper 15-minute banger and people are going to go nuts about it. It will it has instant match of the year appeal. And you look at her go here and look at what she's done in AEW and you really have to wonder how the matches are produced in AEW for the women. I of course I'm talking about how they're being produced, how they're being handled. Because she was absolutely fantastic in this match. And there's no reason that she could not be, uh, that they couldn't just unleash her more. It was fantastic stuff. Um, yeah, and just to make sure, uh, it is the, because uh, I see Chad is wondering where the where the match is. It, it is on YouTube, on the WrestleTalk YouTube channel. You look for uh, No Fans Monday aired on March 16, 2020. You'll definitely find it. It's still there on YouTube. You also have David Starr, who wrestled a real good match as well on the card. It was a fun, it was a fun, it was a fun event. It was really, really good. It was good stuff. So uh, do check that out. And even though it wasn't officially a match from March, Pro Wrestling Eve, Pro Wrestling Eve have been putting out uh, I think on a weekly basis, I'm not quite sure on the on the frequency. I think it's on a wrestling weekly basis. They've been releasing free matches from their archive uh, on their YouTube channel. And uh, this week, they, or no, last week, they released uh, Kylie Ray, not Kay, uh, Kaylee Ray, not Kylie Ray, Warren. Kay, <laughs> Kylie Ray uh, versus Mako Satomura from the original Wrestle Queendom from two years ago. That was it. So I'm I'm unofficially adding that to my March list because that match bangs. It uh, It is a match of the year caliber match. It is so good. Um, uh, and this is the kind of match where you look at Kaylee Ray now in NXT UK versus what she could do back when she was unleashed and could do whatever she wanted on the indies. And you're like... I, again, this is the kind of thing where you're like, I don't understand why why WWE is letting this talent slip away. She's too good at what she does. She's really too good at what she does. So there you go. Go check that out as well. Subscribe to the to Eve's channel. They're getting some great stuff uh, week in, week out. Um, it's good. It's good stuff. Great free stuff over from uh, Pro Wrestling Eve. You got to check that out. All right. We are going to um, we're going to talk next about um, about Teddy Hart. Um, you've probably heard uh, you've probably heard all the uh, all the news right now regarding uh, uh, regarding Teddy Hart, um, the uh, the former well the uh, former MLW. He's been he's been around the block. Teddy Hart was uh, arraigned on Friday. Last Friday, following an arrest last Thursday in Richmond, Virginia, where he is facing a charge of strangulation resulting in wounding bodily harm. And that's a six class, a class six felony carrying a minimum penalty of five years in prison within the state of Virginia. 
Um, the uh, the the arrest happened um, last Thursday, a week ago, when independent wrestler Ace Montana posted a message accusing Hart of physically assaulting his girlfriend, that is Hart's girlfriend, Maria Manick. Uh And um, this, I, I can read really quickly what Ace Montana wrote. He said, I literally pulled my gun on Teddy Hart uh, and threw him out of my friend's house. This piece of shit literally choked out and physically assaulted Maria Manick and would not let her go and would not let her get help. She texted me, I'm in danger. Never did I think I would meet a piece of shit like this guy who has now been arrested with a felony against him. Uh, and Montana also recorded him um, uh, getting uh, also uh, getting Teddy Hart off of the, uh, the property. Um, now, Teddy Hart is not uh, this... He's he's always been referred to as oh he's he's an eccentric oh he he goes to wrestling shows with his cats he's he's a wacky he's a cuckoo guy right um sure to an extent but this isn't his first run in with the law in any in any way shape or form in 2014 he was arrested uh, he was wanted on sexual assault charges involving two women and those charges were dropped he was arrested in 2017 in texas and was charged with dui evading arrest and uh taking a vehicle without the owner's consent those charges were also dropped later on and uh and 2020 you think this this was actually his arrest last week was the third time he's been arrested in 2020 in february he was arrested uh, in Virginia, charged with uh, possession of a uh, of a Schedule Three substance with the intent to sell or distribute, and uh, a month later he was arrested again for violating the cons- the conditions of his bail because he was under house arrest, but he was walking around. And then this shit happens. But then on top of that, these are the facts. These are the factual things. These are the crimes that he has been. Uh, that he has been charged with or arraigned clearly at this point. But there's also the situation with one of his former girlfriends, uh, Samantha Fiddler. Uh, She was a mother of three from uh, Edmonton, Alberta. She disappeared. She's been, she's disappeared for, she's been completely off the grid (coughs) for four years. And she had three kids. She wanted to be a pro wrestler. She met Teddy Hart, started having a relationship. They tra- he took her to train he took her to be trained in Florida. And guess where Teddy Hart took her to be trained in Florida? Hmm? At Chazen Rance's school. Chazen Rance. Does that ring a bell? Uh registered sex offender, Chazen Rance. That's a whole other story for a whole other time. But she she starts training there. Doesn't quite work out. She gets arrested a couple of times on trespassing misdemeanors. <clears throat> she does a short stint in jail. She comes out. Poof. She's gone. Completely disappeared. Now, I'm definitely not saying that Teddy Hart clearly had something to do with this because he's been on the record saying that, you know, they had ended their relationship before she started her training and that he wishes her, he, he hopes she's okay. She hasn't heard from her, blah, blah. But 
you look at this guy and the baggage that he carries, the he has a history of being rough with women, of being brutal with women. The sexual assault charges, sure, they were dropped, but there's still something there. There's, there's rarely, there's rarely smoke without a fire, folks. And again, I'm not saying that he had anything to do with her disappearance, but this all creates a very clear portrait of what kind of gentleman, and I use that term extremely loosely in regards to Teddy Hart. Apparently, Maria Manick has been trying to reach out to him and trying to downplay the situation. We've seen this type of situation before where uh, abuse victims for some peculiar reason are still uh, still defend their abusers for multiple reasons. I mean, I'm not even going to try to get into the psychology of it. I'm not an expert, but these are things that we've seen before. And I feel horrible for Maria Manick. And I know through Sean, uh, who said this, uh, who said this on um, on podcasts, that he has reached out to people in Ring of Honor to sort of be like, "Is Marie okay?" Try to keep her away from Teddy, and people are doing their best to look out for her, and that's reassuring. But despite what everyone's going to try and 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 flip and spin and turn, don't. Don't be uh, swayed by this, by what I'm going... It's very simple. Don't be swayed. Teddy Hart is a piece of shit. He is a bad, bad human being. He is a trash fire of a human. Have you seen uh, the stuff that he's done on his reality show that he did on YouTube with Maria? Hell, he... He was choking Maria uh, Maria out or doing some kind of move on her on one episode and Maria started panicking. She started crying because she w- he wouldn't let go. And he has a pattern. He is violent against women. He is not a good person. And why are we still talking about Teddy Hart to this day? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because people are booking him. Because people are still giving him a job, at least up until this point. He was with MLW for a while. The New Heart Foundation, right? It's garbage. Everyone, everywhere he's been booked, he comes in, he's eccentric. He comes with his cat. He he requires stuff with his cats. There's a story about him going around saying that, you know, he he does, oh, cuckoo crazy. This is, this is Teddy being him. Teddy being Teddy goes to a place where the sponsor is buying meals and he buys, so Teddy purchases two lobster dinners, then fucks off, just leaves them there. They say, oh, it's just Teddy. Teddy, wacky old eccentric Teddy. This is the kind of, there. this type of situation is rewarding Teddy Hart's behavior because at some point, someone should have been like, you know what, Teddy, get yourself, get your shit straightened out. Then maybe we'll book you. Then maybe we'll, we'll, we'll give you a couple of runs. But as it stands right now, this isn't looking good. Sure, the charges were, were dropped, but it's happened on frequent, on, on multiple occasions, excuse me. So whoever continued to book Teddy Hart and give him work and go to him for training has been enabling him to continue what he's doing because everything he's done has been without repercussion.
I'm still fascinated that Chazen Rance is running a wrestling school. It still boggles my mind. In the 80s, you had Art Barr, who was a wrestler on the rise, who was a guy that was pinned to be a superstar, who was having fantastic matches. He raped a girl. He raped a girl in Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. And he was convicted. And he issued an apology. And the territories kept booking him. You got a rapist in your midst. Yeah, he's a great talent. But that, he just, they just kept him around. Back then, there was kayfabe to cover all this stuff up. For all the good that people like to think kayfabe does for wrestling, kayfabe was a code of silence, folks. Don't ever think that it was anything less than that. It was a code of silence where you shut up about what happens in the business where you can't go and talk about what happens in the business because if you do, you're going to get blackballed. You're not going to work anywhere anymore because you let people peek through the veil. So it was, it was a method for promoters, mostly promoters, to get away with ridiculous shit. We're not in the era of kayfabe anymore. Kayfabe is effectively dead. For good or ill. But I think there's a lot more good in that regard. There is no reason for Teddy Hart to continue to have a career in professional wrestling. He is a garbage human who should not ever have another booking in wrestling ever again. Otherwise, we are going to see things repeat. We're going to see behaviors come back and we're going to see very sad stories that happened to other wrestlers in the past occur again. We are in a, an era with the internet, with camera phone, uh, cameras on phones, excuse me, I don't want to sound like an old geezer with my camera phone thing, but we're in an era where we can document and, 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 and uh, capture all sorts of events relate them and let this knowledge be transmitted. There is no reason for Teddy Hart to be hiding behind anything. And it's not just a question of Teddy being Teddy, being the wacky, goofy guy with all these outrageous requests. He's not a good person. And I think that as fans, we deserve to have good people entertaining us. I think we deserve to cheer for good people or boo even for good people. A good heel is a good heel. Doesn't mean they're a, an awful human being. This is just, it's completely unacceptable. This is a story that I hope gets settled very quickly, to be perfectly honest. Hope it goes well for everyone. And I hope Teddy Hart disappears from the world of wrestling. And on that note, we're going to wrap up this week. A little somber, but I did want to get that off my chest. Hey, if you want to talk about 
stuff that's a little more lighthearted, a little more fun. I'm going to be talking about K- Kylie Ray and they're being signed off uh, onto Impact. That's cool stuff. She smiles a lot. We like Kylie. We're going to talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's a legend. He's a cool guy. He was on uh, he was on a radio show this week and told us about what he had thought about uh, um, what his plans were for uh, 316 Day. I'm going to talk about that. It'll be nice. It's on the post show. I'm doing that in just a few minutes after I wrap things up here uh, over on patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Again, April is free. So come on over, join in. It'll be a good time. So thank you. Thank you all so much. I want to thank everyone for coming in this evening. Thank you. I touched on this a little bit, but you know, it, it is fantastic that you guys did come out to join me here tonight, even though we're essentially y'all are text on a screen. I can still feel that there's people there that we're still communicating with each other, that there is an outside world and that feels great. And I'm very humbled that you all came to the show this evening. I really, really do appreciate it. And I appreciate, so I, I hope everyone has a great week. Stay safe, wash your hands, don't touch your face, stay away from stupid people. That's the way you're going to manage out of this. Thank you all so very much for coming this evening. I'll see you next time.